0: Hello and welcome to Bellhaven Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Weber. On today's episode, you'll be listening to PSY 342, Psychology of the Exceptional Child. I hope you listen and enjoy. Hey guys, this is class five and it is session two and we are continuing on with our discussion of the different communication disorders these are actually language disorders. It does say speech, but it's language. All right, so that phonotic, phonological disorder is when you don't make your sounds appropriately, and these are the sounds of your language. Um, this is a speech disorder. Articulation disorder is speech, and it is when you just have problems producing the sounds of your language. Um, sometimes you omit saying now you have to be kind of careful here um i know y'all are from all over the place i'm from the south as you can probably tell from my voice but in the south we drop the g's a lot so we would say we're fixing to go instead of fixing to go somewhere and um that is not considered an omission because it's such a cultural dialect that people let that go Um, But when you leave out any other sound, and if you were to say fog instead of frog, then you would be omitting an important sound, and so we would need speech therapy for that. Another type of sound is substituting one sound for another sound. And usually they're fairly consistent with what you would substitute. Um, if you ever watched the old Bugs Bunny cartoon, y'all may have remembered Elmer Fudd, um, who would talk about he was going to go and get the wabbit because he couldn't say his R. And he was using a substitution and putting that W in in place of the R. Um, and he just had difficulty making that sound. All right. Another type of articulation disorder is adding in sounds that aren't actually in the word. And I might say sloop when I'm trying to say soup. And I've got in an extra L there. All right. And the last kind of sound would be a distortion of sound where we're actually maybe making up a new word. Sometimes we try to say the word, but we just say it very... Um, differently. It's just hard to understand. But you may have heard a little uh, child say the word sketty instead of spaghetti. Um, So we are omitting some sounds, but we're also distorting that entire word um, into something else. So any of those types of things can be considered an articulation disorder. Um, They're actually very common. Um, with young children where they struggle with a couple of the sands, particularly in that four to six year old range. A lot of kindergartners and first graders have to go to speech therapy to work on this. And articulation disorders are usually very, very easy to fix. Um, They just need a little practice and, you know, maybe making the P sound and they'll go and go pa-pa-pa-pa-pa until they can learn to make it appropriately. Um, One thing to note with this, your TH sounds, like uh, SH sounds, CH, children don't usually get those sounds well until they're about six anyway so they might not really need speech therapy they just need for their um you know the mouth to get into the right appropriate shapes and their teeth have to grow in the right way for that so um, usually these are not considered a huge problem because we can fix them pretty quickly other types of speech disorders include voice disorders. Here what we're looking at are things like the pitch of the voice. Um, sometimes the the voice doesn't match the person. Um, and it, it makes everybody kind of do a double take when they look at this individual, because, um, one of the things about a, a a different speech disorder is it really shouldn't be, your speech shouldn't be conspicuous. Your speech shouldn't annoy the listener. So if you've got, um, I went to school with this girl, beautiful little girl, little tiny thing, you know, like a China doll, but she boomed out this big old voice. And you're like, okay, that pitch did not match her look, and constantly people would just swivel their heads around and stare at her, Um, so she probably would be a good candidate to go for um, some therapy to help with that. This is loudness, which is called aphonia, and there are some people who are just way too loud in their speech and they need to learn to modulate their voice so that it would be appropriate in a conversational setting. Um, Occasionally you'll find someone whose voice isn't loud enough for anyone to hear and we need to work on getting that to a level that is uh, understandable by the listener. The quality of the voice is called the resonance, and here what we're trying to do is make sure that it is pleasant to listen to, that it's not overly nasal, and it's not overly um, hoarse. Um, Those are qualities that are very, very difficult to listen to, and um, those are a little bit more difficult to fix than the articulation disorder, Um, but it is possible. right, now fluency disorders are the most difficult ones to fix of the speech disorders. Here, you don't have a nice smooth flow um, for your speech. Um, The most common disfluency that you're going to see um, is going to be stuttering, all right? And here, this is a person who has problems with a particular sound in their voice or sometimes this is in the brain, it'll just catch and they'll make a sound over and over and over again, and it might be like a T sound, an S sound's a really big one that that folks struggle with. Um, We don't really know what causes some of these disfluencies and why they might stutter, but we do know that it's more common with boys than girls. We know it's more common with children who are multiple births, like twins and triplets and so forth. You'll see more of that. And that when they are emotionally upset, they will get worse at stuttering. Um, we do see some motor speech disorders, and this has to do with actually the the motor parts of your jaw and your tongue, alright, and making them move. Alright, we have dysarthia where we're having difficulty getting um, our mouth into the right position um, to make the speech sounds that we want. And apraxia is a real n- interesting one. This is really more of the brain. kind of knows what it wants to say and is trying to say it but it can't make the mouth um, work in the way that you want it to work and so um, this one is really more of a central nervous system issue those are um, like the fluency ones are a good bit more difficult in order to make a um, a change. You can work on it, and there are definitely some things that we would do to improve it, but the articulation are the easiest to work with, and the next would be the voice. All right, so we classify speech and language disorders into the categories. So speech members we talked about there are articulation disorders. Those are those omission, substitution, things like that. We also have the fluency disorders such as stuttering And we have the voice disorders. So those are the three things that go under speech disorders, one of those three categories. And remember, they each have kind of sub things. All right, some children have what we call a central auditory processing disorder, or CAPD. This actually is, remember when you see the word central, we're usually talking about the central nervous system, and, and usually that's the brain, unless there's a spinal issue. Um, This is a child who's really processing sounds poorly. So it affects their language more because they don't understand sound very well, and yet they also will struggle to produce sound because they don't hear it well. Um, They're also gonna have a lot of difficulty when it comes to things like reading, and they're gonna need a lot of structure when it comes to how you would actually work with them in terms of learning. And then the language disorders, remember, break down into those that are phonological, where we're struggling with phonics. Uh, We have apraxia. Remember, that's the brain is having difficulty getting the mouth to do what it would want it to do. We've got the morphology issues where we don't understand about words. Um, semantic disorders, where we're struggling with meanings of words, and those that are syntactical, that's the syntax where we don't have good understanding of grammar. And then our pragmatic difficulties are the appropriate use of the language in a social situation. So you kind of see it all here together. We've, we've taken each of these and kind of broken it down separately, but you can kind of see where they go, which ones go under speech and, and which ones go under language. And then that CAPD we did not talk about before, but it is definitely something that you're likely to see um, when you're dealing with children all right this is what idea says when we talk about a communication difficulty they call this a speech and language impairment and if they have a communication disorder such as stuttering impaired articulation a language impairment or a voice impairment which adversely affects a child's educational performance you have seen that raised before then they would be eligible for special education So this would allow them to go and see a speech pathologist or, you know, a speech therapist, um, usually several days a week um, for maybe an hour to a half hour time, maybe, a couple times a week, and they would work on the different communication issues that the child would have, and they would literally do this at school. They would not necessarily need to do this out of school, and they may need this for their entire life. Education all the way through the end of high school or a lot of kids. It's just a couple of years in the beginning specific articulation And then they don't need a therapist after that all right, When it comes to the prevalence numbers, it's really really hard to say um, Because what we're seeing is there's a lot of times when speech comes with some of the other disabilities um, If you've got a hearing problem of any kind, there's usually some communication issues that go with that, and we would usually give them the ruling of hearing impaired. Um, but everybody who's hearing impaired needs to work on their communication skills. If you don't hear, then you don't understand what you're saying, you don't hear it very well, and so there's always some problems with the the um, understanding of their speech. Um, there are other things like cerebral palsy where you may have some speech difficulties. So it's really, really hard to really identify exact prevalence numbers because of that. Um, but it is considered a high incidence disability, especially the speech part. Uh, language is, is a little bit less high incidence, but articulation disorders really make um, the speech disorders go into high disability, high incidence. Um, so all those speech ones are quite common, um, but articulation is going to be more common than the, the fluency, and the fluency is likely to be a little more common than the voice, um, mainly because a lot of people kind of decide the voice really doesn't matter. It, it does, but we, we see people just saying we're not going to treat it. Um, so about 5% of school-age children would have some type of speech disorder, and that would be like your five-year-olds and up. Um, language disorders are a little bit less, and that's about 1% of your school-age children, um, again, that 5 to 21. All right, if you look at the little um, children who get services for special ed, um, and they're getting it for speech and language together, all right, that's about 20% of children who get special ed. Now, it's still just 5% of the school age children and are 1%, but when you just look at the all of the just special ed kids, it's a large percentage. That's one out of five. Now, if you go down to the preschool age, this is your three to fives, the numbers are higher. And for all the preschoolers who get special ed, about half of them are going to get some kind of speech or language services. Um, that makes sense if you think about it. This is when your three to five-year-olds are kind of picking up their sounds and learning how to speak. And many of them are struggling and um, they may need just a little bit of help getting over that hurdle of, of picking up their sounds. Um, it's a very frequently provided related service. It is considered a related service because it's not... An academic area um, so we're you know reading or math writing would be considered an academic area that would be provided obviously in an IEP but if you need speech-language therapy or physical therapy or any of those that's considered a related service and it is one that we we do provide quite frequently you'll see again a number of children 20% in the schools um, who are special ed are getting this